This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hello, brother. We're going to jump right in here in just a minute. I want to remind everybody to go to practicalshepherding.com, and specifically, the Shepherd's House is up and running again for the fall. So if you want to go to the Shepherd's House page, you can come stay for two days, two nights for free. This beautiful property that, that this family that we partner with has allowed us to to have and to use to be able to put pastors up and pastors' wives. The wives want to come with them. So go. the website is the best way to just fill that that short application out, and, and our staff will get back to you on that if you want to come and, and stay with us and be a part of things that are here. You can also uh, give a financial gift. Uh, go to the donate page and leave that. And the last thing I would mention is uh, you can also leave us a review on whatever uh, venue you're listening to the podcast. We, we try to check those reviews periodically to get the feedback, to learn, hopefully be encouraged if, if we can find ways that we're being helpful to you. So feel free to, to fill those reviews out when you have the opportunity. Uh, we want to jump right into topic, and here's here's the interesting topic we have today, but we we both believe this is a pretty relevant conversation to have in light of, of just the circumstances of technology and the internet and the, the vast amounts of information that we have access to and that our, that our people in our church have access to, and that's this. Jim, what does a pastor do when it appears that a celebrity pastor is actually pastoring uh, their church in some ways? In other words speaking to the issue of the way that church members not just listen to other people online, but how that their affections even get shifted towards those celebrity pastors online. Uh, they listen to them more than their pastor. And even worse, and how and this is pretty common, and that this even can create division sometimes as, a, uh, as somebody who's online and has a big platform, a big audience, speaks to things, and starts trying to stir things up in churches, and people get stirred up, and the pastor all of a sudden experiences this division in the church and wonders, where did this come from? And pastors having to deal with that. So this is an important topic we want to be able to tackle, and there's a lot we could say about it. But Jim, how do you want to set this up for us as we talk about it? Brian, there's a couple of ways. And so one thing I think I want to address is that this is this is a um, not necessarily unusual or, or unique to our day, although I think that there are ways in which it expresses itself today. But, you know, you go back to what Paul says in 1 uh, Corinthians, where he talks about, I am of Paul, I am of Cephas, you know, I am of Apollos, whatever it is. And it turned out that, you know, certain people had pastors that they appreciated, that speakers they appreciated more than one another, than others, and they identified with them. And I, I don't know that any of those men were their pastors, and but at least had gone through and had preached. And, right. and, and right. I, I, some years ago, I read a really great biography of John Newton. And I was fascinated that there was a story told in there where uh, Newton had heard for the first time George Whitfield. Mm-hmm. And he was so enamored with George Whitfield that he confesses, and I think it, if I remember rightly, I may have this, I may not have the exact with this, but it was about three years that he was spoiled from hearing anybody else with profit. Mm. He'd heard Whitfield preach. Whitfield was the greatest preacher he'd ever heard. And he, and he thought to himself, that's preaching in any other gift, any other pastor, anybody else. He just listened to with a degree of contempt. And what we need to recognize, uh, and we can look at this from two perspectives, is that the scriptures do teach that there is a unique relationship between the shepherds and their flock, and that that is meant to be. Uh, Jesus actually taught, it's it's such that in John chapter 10, that 
it's 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 so unique that they will only listen to their shepherd but we live at a time when people you know if you try to carry that analogy through that they don't listen to that shepherd mm-hmm. you know they they listen to many other shepherds there is a relationship that pastors have and we could do a very profitable discussion on what are the duties of pastors to their flock and Brian we were saying in prep that's that's actually fairly easy for a pastor to address i enjoy preaching on that I want to I want to let people know what the heart of a pastor is and and what we do and trying to care for you, but there are also passages in the Bible that deal with the heart of and this is commanded by the Holy Spirit, the heart of sheep toward their shepherds. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, Brian, you have a place like First Thessalonians uh, chapter uh, five. Uh, where it says, I'm reading out of the ESV here, we ask you, brothers, this is verse 12, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love uh, because of their work or for the sake of their work. And then it says, be at peace among yourselves. Mm -hmm. There's a lot there to unpack. Yeah. Uh, and then, Brian, I think a passage you would also go to in this regard is uh, Hebrews chapter 13, uh, where it, it comes at it from a couple of places. Uh, it, we read in verse 7, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And then you also find uh, in verse 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those that will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning or with grief, some other translations, for that would be of no advantage to you. And so part of that, what I'm bringing out is that there is meant to be a very special relationship in which the elders take care of the flock, feed them, watch over them and in which that is responded to with love and respect and with a general obedience and and appreciation uh, for what they do. There's an understanding of what that man does, how he labors, how he prays, how he intercedes. He prepares sermons for me, and then he labors to feed me well. He's available for me and my family, Mm -hmm. and I am to respect that. And then the question now comes, what happens when that love, esteem, and respect is transferred over to a guy that they listen to four or five times as much as they do us? We preach maybe once or twice a week, so maybe there's 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half that they listen to us, and then there's a guy who has a podcast, has a YouTube ministry, has a blog or whatever, and or hundreds of sermons available from a preacher more gifted than you or you know very often mm-hmm. say he's more gifted than us yep he's, he's smarter than us maybe he's addressing where you're itching in a way culturally or whatever the case might be and the affections and the heart and the mind and the convictions of our sheep are being shaped by people outside of the church in a way that uh you know, that that love and respect and esteem that is worthy and commanded to be given to the shepherds of the flock is transferred yeah. to this gifted brother or sister, whoever it might be, usually a brother, uh, in another setting. Yeah. And, and you realize that they are comparing your gifts with their gifts, their courage with your courage, their convictions with your convictions, and you are often found wanting. 
Yeah. I, I think that's a real problem going yeah. on. Uh, I have faced it in the past, uh, facing it to some degree now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's relevant. And in talking to other pastors, I, when I said something about that, maybe we deal with this, they were like, yeah. when is that going to come out? When yeah. are you going to talk about that? I really want to hear that. And I think we need to point, that's really set up well. And I think one of the things we need to highlight that I know you agree with is that we're, this is not being against people listening to sermons, other sermons online and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. You, I think, articulated well where the problem arises is when a church member or a Christian starts to look at a celebrity online preacher as the one primarily responsible to care for them and feed their soul with the word in some ways. That, we would say, is contrary to the design you just articulated that we find in, in the New Testament. That's where it's problematic. So, you know, we're, I mean, I, li- you know, I listen to people who preach online at different times. I know, you know, you I do. do too. Yeah, right. So, so well, this I listen is, to men outside this of is my not, pastors. Right. This is not an outside, this is not an anti, you know, listening to other preachers, far from it. But that's what we want to be able to focus on is one, but to be able to affirm this design that God has of a local church pastor who has responsibility to care for the souls of those people, which includes the regular preaching and teaching ministry of the word that they hopefully would would receive as a special relationship that they don't have with anybody else other than those men that mm-hmm. are in that, that local church setting. But we also want to address you know, how this affects a local church pastor. Right. And because I think, and why don't we go there first? Because I think a lot of guys will be able to relate to what happens to, I think, most guys in this. What what do you find cause a local church pastor who's, you know, faithful, is called, is gifted for this work, but is never going to be, is never going to be the guy that is being asked to, is so super gifted as a preacher that he's getting asked to have this giant platform and speak at all these big conferences and things. What does that do to the local church pastor who who feels maybe insecure towards right. this person? Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I'll use a safe guy because he's dead. You know. So let's let's take Martin Lloyd Jones. Okay. Okay. So I have people in. Uh, I've had people in the church in the past who just really really love Martin Lloyd Jones. Uh, and so Martin Lloyd Jones is, you know, maybe in the last two hundred years, like maybe people would say, one of the five most gifted guys. I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at like seven or eight. No, I'm just you, kidding. You, you, know, I'm, you seven also, or eight thousand you, you also or, don't sound Welsh either. That's that, true. That would help a hey, lot. So listen, but anyways. Yeah, right. So, right. You know, why don't you sound like preach like Alistair Begg, right? So I, I don't have a Scottish accent. Although you can fake a Scottish accent I, pretty I can well, at so. least temporarily. Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, <laughs> so what we're dealing with is, again, there can be hurt, particularly if people rarely say thank you to you, yeah. rarely express appreciation. You right. get done, you've poured your heart out, you preach the best you can preach, and there's not even a you know, like a, a grunt of of appreciation. Not mm-hmm. even like uh, you know, like, hey, thanks. Thanks for doing that. But they maybe they realize, oh, you know, Dr. Jones pre- Lloyd Jones preached on that. You know, and they let you know, and it was so infinitely better than anything that you've said. You can, just, you know, wah, wah, wah. You know, <laughs> you can just, it can be dispirited. Um, you could get bitter. You could get angry. You could be resentful toward him, even though he's dead. 
um, or, or bitter toward that person. You never appreciate what I say. You never say anything to me. It's always him over me and, and that sort of a thing. Um, and you have to be able to manage that hurt. Uh, yeah. you know, he, Lloyd Jones, I think, is a safe guy. You're not gonna, he's not going to most likely destroy the, the doctrine or the fabric of your church or anything. He's not going to be subversive. It's just that by comparison. Yeah. You're going to be found wanting, as is virtually every other preacher out there. You're going to be found wanting. Now, can I say? Can I just play devil's advocate a moment and say? So, wouldn't a pastor who's like super secure in his own gifting and own calling and things, even if somebody would just ooh and ah over Lloyd Jones over the sermon that they preach, and they come and tell you about it, you know, like after the sermon they just heard you preach, right? Wouldn't a super secure pastor, uh? like not feel threatened by that or would would even be able to be rejoiced like you know what the more word you're taking in the better and, and i think that's right brian i think okay. i think we ought to be able to say that i think hopefully you'll be able to that's say that's the goal you know, anyways right? i mean what paul goes on to say after you know rebuking to a degree this i am of paul i have on paulus is he says all things are yours apollos is yours Cephas is yours. Right. Uh, Barnabas is yours. You can profit and benefit, and you know. And so, and if you have a book table at your church, you're encouraging people to read and benefit from guys outside your ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may occasionally, from the pulpit, say, I've, I, "I've been listening to a series of sermons by you know." So I just downloaded a series from an old friend of mine on living in fretful and anxious times. I'm re- I'm listening to it because I, I'm thinking somebody in my church is struggling right now. It may be helpful. But and if I come to the end of that, and I think that's really helpful i might say hey you can get on sermon audio and this is the preacher's name and these are the six or seven sermons you're going to find that very helpful yeah you know that kind of a thing i think again yes when you are secure and and you know listen i know i feed the lord's people and i know that there are many who are appreciative there are some who are not and for some you're going to be found wanting because you're not as good as that's okay if your ultimate goal is hey listen i want my people to be well fed and it was very helpful to me years ago. God helped me with this. Uh, we had a guy, had a guy in the church say something like, and this is when I was just getting started, and somebody came and preached, and he said, you know, no offense, but it was really good to hear a seasoned pastor, something like that. <laughs> and I was like, well, really? that is actually super nice. offensive, but I'm okay. You know, but really, no, I was able to say, listen, I, hey, were you fed by that? I mean, that's my goal. My goal is to see the sheep fed and thrive. <laughs> and, and and we ought to be able to have the confidence to bring in, even to bring in gifted men and to realize, okay, I'm going to bring in this preacher. And some people are actually going to wind up liking this preacher more than they do me. So uh, Bill Hughes, we've mentioned Bill Hughes in the past. Oh, Bill hey, Hughes. when Bill Hughes came... It was amazing how many people invited their friends to come here. They you know, never invited them to hear me, yeah. but they'd invite them. And, and, yeah. and, and that's okay. Again, really, seriously, you're not really resentful. Yeah, I love Bill Hughes. Bill Hughes, better preacher than I. You know, uh, that's just the reality of it. And, but, and, and so you can, and I want the Lord's people exposed to that. I want them to be able to, Ted Donnelly's ministry, oh, right. to commend somebody like that. A lot of people, I'm using these names because you may not know who they are. You can find them on Sermon Audio. Edward yes, Donnelly. Listen to, listen William to Hughes. Uh, these are uh, an Irishman and an Englishman. Um, very profitable, very helpful to me, and I'm thankful that people are are, are fed and cared for. So by that, l- no, I, pr- I appreciate you bringing up those examples, Jim, because I do think in some ways it's in the same category, but but it is different even than this other extreme where we want to get to, and that's 
you know, I mean, you know, Bill Hughes had a huge impact in my life who I met through you, you know, so like you've brought Bill Hughes in to preach at your church numerous times mm-hmm. through the years. You're doing that on purpose, knowing Bill, everybody loves to hear Bill Hughes and but it's almost it's part of it's part of you shepherding your people. You're bringing him right. in, and the people have grown to love him. Right. He's not their pastor, but you're providing that. I actually think that that's a sign of health in a pastor's life I, I, that he actually makes a part of the rhythm. Is like, I'm actually going to bring somebody in who I think preaches better than me, exactly, and have him preach in my pulpit because I want to feed our people. That actually, I think, is 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 healthy thing. What. What we're kind of alluding to with this, and let's let's go ahead and get there, is not just online preachers that are totally disconnected from your life as a local church, right. but let's even go take it a step further, Jim, because this is something that both of us are watching happen. Is It's not just people are watch, listening to online preachers. They're listening to online preachers that are stirring up division on issues and things. So yeah. they're, they're getting on their soapbox. It's a soapbox that one of that our, some of our church members have, and they actually are preaching in a way that's stirring things up, and then that disunity is actually coming back into the local church. Right. So we want to highlight that's probably the biggest issue around these things that we're talking right. about. Right. So let's. So let's one's start. one's a sec- is a is a personal security issue, just feeling right. unappreciated. The other is a, a potentially dangerous, divisive right. issue. So so how does so let's think let's talk through. How does a pastor deal with that situation? In other words, let's let's put the two ends of the coin of this, uh, sides of the coin of this. Uh, you have one where it's stirring up a couple of people in the church, and right. they're just coming to you and asking you kind of probing weird questions about it. But then you have somebody who is stirring up some people, and then they're coming back and stirring up other people. Right. And it actually becomes a church-wide thing. So let's first deal with, the, maybe the two or three people who, who have a soapbox issue, and yeah. they go listen to the guy who loves to talk about that soapbox. Yeah. So I, I, I use, I'm going to use violent imagery here, Brian. I don't mean to sound. So I talk about uh, 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 shotgun issues versus, we'll call you know, uh, bullet issues. So a bullet's designed, bullet will hit one person, shotgun could spread out and hit me. Hit, hit so me, sometimes right. you say to yourself, all right, is this, how big a problem is this in the church? And so what I mean by that is, do I handle this privately? With the one or two or three, mm-hmm. or do I have to say, "Look, and okay, this is gonna this is gonna become a public issue," and say, "Listen, some of you are listening to a certain teacher. Don't believe that he is." And you either gonna say something like, "Listen, you have to just understand he's not your pastor." Mm-hmm. So I, I won't I won't say his name, uh, but you'll know who I'm talking about when I say uh, so. A uh, COVID response, yeah. So somebody responded to it in a certain way, and all of a sudden, all over the country, like, you have to do what this guy's doing. Or like this guy issues, it, like an edict almost, like, are you going to do what he says he's to he's do? He's telling everybody yeah, to do it, yeah. not just so his own church. So Right, and there's a difference. Sometimes yeah. it is he did it. Other times it's a guy saying, and almost now it becomes an issue of faithfulness in your church to respond like this guy did, you know, out there. Because this guy's not just addressing the issue. He's then calling on, I mean, the, every pastor to do it this way or you're not being faithful. And that, right, that's right. really and tons that's, of implications right. if, around that. Yeah, right. And generally, again, well, hopefully what your people are saying is, look, fine, that's your conviction. I like you. I like your ministry. I appreciate your preaching. But that's what you're doing in your church. Yeah, you're right. pastoring your church. You, you're, you're not the pope of Protestantism. You're not the pope of Reformedom. 
and it's not your job and responsibility, it, you know, to say and to do that. Yeah. And so I made that with all with all due respect and, yep. and everything yeah, else. That's right. And so if somebody came and said, "Are you going to on this date do what this guy says to do?" You're just gonna like. No. And in fact, if I, if I was going to, I've changed my mind because mm-hmm. I want to show you, I'm going to ignore it because mm-hmm. he doesn't pastor you. He has no responsibility for you. He doesn't know you. And again, there's a way you can say that that's caustic. Uh, I'm going to try to, I'm going to be just try to be as sweet as I can on all this, have a nice smile on my face as I say some of this, you know, uh, but, <laughs> but there comes a time when you say, listen, uh, there are churches, and you have to realize there are there are churches that have undergone a degree of a split, or people have gone, and they have been stirred to the point of anger, and have viewed a pastor who has loved them and shepherded them, who's done nothing but preach the gospel, so faithful expositor, but because he didn't touch on this the way this other man said to. Your hearts, that their hearts turned against you. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? Yeah. How do you handle that? You know, do you do you stand up and say, nobody can listen to this guy, or this guy is bringing division? Do you address it openly and publicly? This is this is this is what we're dealing with with some of this, or do you go alongside a guy and say, listen, you're free to listen to this fellow. That's that's fine. I don't mind. You know, and, and you're free to agree with him. Mm. But what you're not free. That's your opinion. Mm-hmm. But understand, I'm free to have my own decision making, mm-hmm. and that I'm responsible for this flock. Hopefully, you can say that in a way yeah. that's not overly arrogant, it's not overly contentious. But you do say, "Listen, I hear you, and I understand." But you understand, so and so out in another state is not your pastor. I understand you agree with him. I understand, but but there are other dynamics that that come into this that I have to deal with, and that your elders have to deal with. Yeah. And what you're called to do is to follow not him but us, unless you want to move your family there and become part of that church. Can, can we agree that that the just to state the obvious, a pastor trying to tell his flock, uh, don't you know you can't listen to this person, you can't listen to that person. Is a really bad idea, regardless on how harmful it is, Ooh. because you yeah. because you're. I mean, I just think it sounds yeah. very controlling. Oh, it does, even it, if you yeah. feel like you want to do that. I think oh, right, that's the temptation. I right. think you can maybe discourage saying, "I have concerns for us all, for those who would listen to this." But I think the moment, I think that's just some some dangerous territory you get into. Yeah, unless it's, of course, it's obviously a heretical person. Right. If it's a heretical person, right? But I'm and, talking and, about opinions around this stuff. That's yeah. conscience issue. And it, it, and Brian, the, where, where that gets difficult is that we are to mark divisive people, right? right. Now, what happens when that divisive person lives two thousand miles away, mm-hmm. and is a that, that didn't used to be able to happen? So I know mm-hmm. there's nothing new under the sun, right? But but there are applications of that principle as you work this thing out, and to say, listen, so and so is teaching and preaching things, and I know he he has a strong effect on some of you all, and I recognize that to even say that is going to risk, on the one hand, uh, you're leaving here because you're so offended that I don't, I don't follow who you follow, or even to name him is then to get other people curious, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I wonder who that is, and they start dipping in, oh, and, and you know, I wonder, is this the sermon? Is that the sermon? And so you're exposing people. Uh, but, but there are times when you have to realize and to recognize that if there are if there is the beginning of division in churches and again this is my it's not happened in my church but I'm watching it happen in other churches 
were good, godly men who have shepherded you. And of course, I'm talking to the pastors. I'm not talking to the layman. I mean, yeah. and there's something I'd want to say to the layman. Yeah. And but we don't have that platform with layman to do this. But we're asking, how do you respond? Well, I mean, some of your response is going to be grief. Some of your response is going to be confusion. Some of your response is going to be anger against this person. And you may want to go on a 15-part tirade against, you know, this guy or that guy. And I feel the temptation sometimes because Mm -hmm. there are ministries that I believe I believe there are ministries. Again, I mentioned Martin Lloyd-Jones. Hey, you know, a guy reads six Spurgeon sermons a week. That's going to do nothing but enhance the fruit of the Spirit. It's going to draw you to Christ. Right. Other guys, I say, listen, and this is a question I've asked, and I, and I ask this publicly, and I asked this just the other day, is what you're hearing and what you're meditating on, what is it producing in your life? And if it's not producing the fruit of the Spirit, if it's not producing a likeness to Christ, then you need to consider whether this is something that that is is it harming me or is it benefiting is it really benefiting me in regard to the ways the lord wants to grow me is it producing love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control and if it's not no matter how right or correct it may be on certain issues to understand that that as a ministry if it's not producing what the spirit produces through ministry then you need to take real careful heed. And I think you can say that generally. It doesn't put anybody's specific name yeah. on it. So that's it, a way it, to address it, it, it publicly in a way without getting right, into right. the details of and what's I, going on. And I think there are, you know, to u- utilize some of the language of the day, there are woke things that produce bitterness and, and anger and frustration and division. And sadly, there are those who, in combating that, produce a like spirit sometimes yeah, yeah and you may agree with one more than the other but but if again if it is producing in me something that my ministry is certainly not striving to produce if it's not bringing about in the lives of those sheep entrusted to us if it's producing division suspicion anger frustration toward either other members of the church or toward the leadership, leadership. of the church then that becomes a different issue and again yeah. i think you have to ask all right is it small enough and contained enough that I deal with it individually? individually? Right. Yeah. Or do I have to say, listen, there are ministries that are threatening the peace and unity of this church, and mm-hmm. then do I need to say something? That that's a that's a you need a lot of help, a lot of wisdom. Yeah. No, that's really good, and I think that um, it almost feels like the rule of thumb is is deal with it privately until you see there is a need because it's become so divisive that it's got to be addressed publicly because honestly we can we can get swept up in this stuff and think it's a bigger it's wider spread in the church than it actually is and we can jump the gun on addressing it publicly so do your homework get some you know get some help get other leaders to be able to speak into this because once yeah. you start about talking about it publicly, you kind of open something up that maybe is, doesn't need to be opened up. Yeah, and I, I think another thing we have to recognize with this, Brian, and this has happened, is that sometimes people, uh, they wind up saying something in an online platform, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, whatever it is, and they've listened to whoever the guy is who really has a grip on their conscience, and they're listening to a lot in and. and, and and they say, and they start saying, like, any pastor who now says. So I'll give an example. Somebody put on, they put on, uh, it was on Instagram. And it was one of our ladies once, and she put it on, and it was in the early days of COVID. And, and they were quoting somebody, some, 
I can't remember who it was, but it was like any leader who says to anybody that, that would encourage anybody to wear a mask anywhere is devilish and get and get and you need to run away from that church as fast as possible. Well, we had just said something about, listen, we have some people that are immunocompromised and it might be why because we don't really know what's going on. Well, and then they put later on, I'm not saying this about my pastor. And I was like, well, yeah, you are actually. And, <laughs> you know, and yes, you did. Now, yep. I wound up because I, I knew them and I, 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 they were frustrated. They were buying into, you know, the, 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 the concern, the fear of the moment that this was control yep. and all of the rest. I get, I, I get it. I understand. I share some of those concerns, but you know, again, a pastor's trying to walk wisely and carefully, yeah. and he may change his views as, as time goes on. Mm. But what do you do when somebody gets on and they say, any pastor who doesn't deal with this is a coward, and, and your member posts that, and you're not going to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. Do you mean us? Are, are you calling us out publicly? Yeah. Are you calling your leadership out publicly? Well, that's cowardly to, to use that, to utilize, because you haven't said that to me. So I think that social media could be its own other yeah, conversation. Yeah, right, so, and I, think I do want to talk about so, that at some so time. I yeah. want to shift to this lastly, and that is I want to end on a note that I, that I think is an important part of this conversation. Let's encourage pastors on why it is that God's design is that they are the most important and impactful shepherd in the lives of their people. In other words, the insecure pastor that says, I can't compete, to, you know, I can't compete with with these, these different guys that people love to, to hear preach online. I mean, how do I deal with the insecurity? How do I deal with knowing you know that people like to hear them more? In other words, let's take a moment and lift up God's design in pastoral preaching within a local church. <coughs> yeah, and um, mini- just, yeah, and ministry. I mean, and just, and just, ministry in general. Yeah. So, so I'll go first. I think this is one of the things that I, I try to encourage pastors with a lot who feel an insecurity towards... They're church members who listen to online sermons all week and then come to hear them preach. And that is that you get to preach to them knowing them. Yeah. You're, you're applying, you're not just preaching a text, you're preaching a text out of your affection and love and knowledge of every single person that is sitting there listening to you. Which means that you have an ability to reach them and to touch them and for the spirit to work in their life, to help them in their daily life in a way that the most gifted online preacher cannot do because right. they cannot preach to their particular situation. Exactly right. And they also, the online preacher is not sitting in their living room the week before and be able to to love and care for them and pray for them. You know, there is this principle that that people will come and hear you preach more eagerly if you've been if you've privately interacted with them and, and loved them in those ways. And I yeah, really I, believe that's true. I, I agree. So I, I want to just encourage pastors this is not about you not being as gifted. Who cares? You you have you have an asset for the people who come and listen to you preach in your church every week that nobody else, not just an online preach, but nobody else has but you because you preach there every week with them. Yeah. So I I'm going to just piggyback on yeah, this okay. from a little, just a, a different perspective, Brian. Just encourage guys, to, guys. Don't you don't need to make this part public. You don't need to stand up sometime and say, um, "I know I'm not as good as," and I know I can't oh, preach it. Exactly please, right. That's please right. Please don't do that. That's not going to help anything. Um, and you may again be able to rejoice in 
you know, the fact that, you know, somebody's preached a great series or there's a great book out there, a great online thing, you know, you can do, I think, I think to commend that. But again, no, again, I think what, what, Brian, what you're encouraging and I want to encourage is to have a sense of your own identity and your own God-given calling. And that is nobody else, nobody else is going to shepherd that flock, the flock that's among you, that, that, at some point or other, again, yes, that guy may preach better than you, but he's not going to love them better than you. He's, he's not going to cry with them and for them. He's not going to pray for them personally. He's not going to be available at three o'clock in the morning if there's a crisis. He's not going to lose yeah, sleep right. o- over them and over, and over a concern for their spiritual vitality. Mm-hmm. Got to know who you are. And again, also rejoice. Hey, if your flock is being fed and if that's benefiting them, and, and this is what we're trying to say with this, there are those out there who stir up the fruit of the Spirit who increase a, a member's love for Christ and love for each other. That's great. Bless mm-hmm. God. That's what you want. There are others who do something far more subversive, even while I think being convinced they're doing what's right. Yep. Uh, but if the fruit of that is, a, di- I think the different fruit calls for different concern yeah. uh, and different action. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say on this is that, you know, especially when we talk about maybe the divisive person yeah. that is preaching on something that cre- creates division you being the shepherd who knows these people and they know you love them and care for them, uh, that's also what's going to help you to be able to wade through that storm Mm. because you're going to be able to go to them and you have a credibility because of your relationship with them that you're going to be able to use to appeal to them uh, that hopefully will, you know, the the vision that's been created hopefully be able to to resolve it Mm. in a way that, if you don't have that clout and credibility as a pastor of a local in a local church with a group of people, then that's where this stuff can spread like wildfire. And that divisive, you know, popular preacher who's preaching on this issue and starts creating division in the church, that's where it can spread in a way that can be really destructive. But God can use you as the shepherd of that church to kind of bring everybody together and 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 resolve the situation. That that. That's part of what our calling and role is, too, is when mm. divisive people from the outside potentially come in, even well-intended, that we actually have the relational credibility and clout, not just in our preaching, but also in our pastoral care to be able to resolve those divisive issues. And I, and I, and I think that's another thing for each pastor to realize you have a special calling and, and you're empowered in a way to be able to have an impact in that local church that nobody else can have and and to to really see that that's that's your calling and that's the way that God's gifted you and, and the opportunity he's been given you. Yeah. And and brother brother whoever's in ministry bring that about through uh loving well, serving well, preparing well, living a life of integrity, not through a, a public tantrum. Yeah. or through a uh some public display of hey, you owe this to me and not to them. I think that would be a, a, a terrible shame if we respond to the frustration in that way. Yeah. Uh, give it to the Lord, lo- love well, and leave the results with, with God in, in that regard. Yeah, and my last word on this, preach well, brothers. Like, preach well. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like to give pre- yourself to study and preaching your heart out. You may not be as gifted as some of these other guys. Who cares? Like, preach your heart out still and trust that God's going to use it in the lives of these people who who you know and who 
know you and love you. Yep. And, and that relationship, I think, will win the day. So we take a minute mm. and pray, Jim, for those maybe struggling with either the insecurity around this or as well as just the, the divisive nature of how this is created. Yeah. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we are living in the times uh, that you have called us to and where there are many voices influencing the lives of those entrusted to us. Help us to, help us to be wise. Help us to be discerning. Help us to love well. Help us to speak carefully. Uh, but Father, we need be courageously to address the need of the hour uh, and to stand before you one day with a good conscience. Uh, to love our people well, to serve them well, uh, to promote the peace and unity of the flock entrusted to us. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Amen.